Many people from the depths of the desert in Africa now would be transplanted to the broad highways of Manhattan. They weren't just going to walk. They were going to be showered with flowers and greeted as conquerors and liberators. They felt important. And of course, they gained women, they gained a view of the world, and they became rich. They also, being human, fell in debt. Alexander died, we now think, on the date of 11th of June, previously we used to say the 10th, in 323 BC, aged 32. Part of his magic is, unquestionably, the image of youth, the spell of the young man who overthrew the great kingdoms of the world and had the ball at his feet when he was only, heaven help us, 24, 25 far richer than any contemporary, amazingly brave, this combination of dashing leadership, heroism, youth, beauty, and risk, risk on the grand scale. And we forgive him for it, because on every occasion, however big the risk, he won, except towards the end of his life. By then, he too had conquered all the way from the borders of Libya right out to Northwest India, as they called it, the Punjab in our Pakistan and beyond. He was being worshipped in the Greek world by some of those in the Greek cities, paying him honours fit for a god. He was many thousand times richer than anyone else in the world. His conquests marked the beginning of what we call the Hellenistic Age, the age characterised as no Greek fifty years earlier had ever imagined, by competing Greek-speaking Greek successor kings ruling the Ptolemies and others all the way in his wake from Egypt right through modern Iran. He had completely changed the geographic horizons of Greek-ruled territory for the first time. Greeks had found themselves administering an empire in which people were not Greeks and didn't even speak their languages. It is an extraordinary break in history, coinciding, we think, with breaks in style of art, of literature, and of the last philosophies to emerge in the Greek world. How far they were direct responses to Alexander's changed world is a question we'll have to turn to at the end. I think the story that best sums up his impact is the tale of the young Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar, out in Spain, we're told, perhaps the story was invented to discredit him, saw a statue of Alexander and started to cry. He burst into tears because he was Alexander's age himself and he had achieved nothing comparable with the great young king. When everyone hears that story at any age, 32 or more, there is a very slight pang as human beings in us. What have we done? In a way, that is still part of Alexander's spell, a spell which also fell on Napoleon, who kept a picture of Alexander's greatest victory in his campaign tent and revered Alexander, or even right down to our own times, where Fidel Castro, out in Cuba, had been for years a close student and admirer of Alexander's campaigns, and indeed second-hand from Castro, I have had questions, very penetrating questions, about Alexander's tactics, this, that, and the other.
obviously thinking as to whether in similar circumstances he, Castro, would have deployed his men similarly. And others, of course, every hero has his enemies, others have hated him, tried to puncture his pretensions to be a king and a conqueror. He's remained controversial, but always, to each generation, a fascinating riddle. He was never defeated in a pitch battle. He led his own men from the front. He led armies in India which became bigger than any forces known in Western history right down until the 17th century. If we could see them, we would be amazed by the scale. More than a 100,000 men, by no means now all of them speaking Greek. When he died, plans of Alexander, his notes were read out to the troops. It was important, I think, to air them and have them cancelled. They were said to include plans to continue...